Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 12, titled The No-Brainer, which, by the way, is by far... The funniest episode title in the entire history of this show. (laughs) Like, oh my god, seriously. Whoever had this ingenious idea to title an episode about people's brains getting liquefied, the no-brainer, whoever came up with that idea, whoever came up with that concept, is an absolute... God, and I want that person to be my best friend. Like, holy crap, that title, it's so good. (laughs) It's such a good title. Uh, And the episode, I can't talk. The episode itself is really, really solid as well. Uh, It's yet another very, very good uh, episode. Yet another very, very good hour of fringe storytelling. So... As I've already kind of alluded to, basically the hook of this episode is that there is a computer computer program that's going around, Uh, someone will be forced to download it, click the thing, and then it'll essentially liquefy their their brains. Uh, There's this really great opening sequence where this teenager opens it up and sees all these images and like a hand comes out from the screen and like, goes on to his head, and it's, like, it's really, really great, and a really, really effective opening, uh, and a lot of, like, the first quarter to a third of this episode is them kind of trying to figure out what the hell this is, figure out what the hell is happening, eventually we find out that it's essentially uh, a mix of audio and visual stimuli that basically puts the brain into an endless loop until it, uh, it goes liquid until it goes completely 100% liquid. And they do a really good job of investigating this. They do a really good job in diving into it. I especially love the scene with the car salesman who died where they're uh, looking into his like brains and all that. Walter at one point just jams a freaking swab up his nose and Peter's just like, oh, <laughs> like the voice of the audience in the gross nature of it. And uh, we're talking to people who knew the salesman, people who knew this kid, uh, particularly a friend of his, Luke Dempsey. This person will be important. And everything seems pretty standard. Everything seems like a pretty standard episode of Fringe until... We find out when Peter takes the hard drives to this one guy he knows that's really, really good with computers, and they're investigating this program, they find out that the program's being downloaded at that very second in Olivia Dunham's apartment. And it's there. It is on a computer in her apartment with 
uh, her sister and niece there, Rachel and Ella specifically. And Ella is on the laptop, on the computer, playing her games, and she opens this program and gets exposed to it. And at this point, like, it heightens by quite a bit, because now we have to race back to Olivia's apartment. Uh, Both Olivia and Peter are descending on that place, going nuts, like, running, running over there. And Olivia's able to... Able to get back and save Ella before the program, like, fully liquefies her brain. And Ella ends up being perfectly fine, but it's a terrifying moment. Like, we spent the last episode and a half, like, sort of showing these two as, like, sort of her emotional anchor, almost. Her last emotional anchor, and, like, that almost got completely screwed up. That almost got completely ditched immediately. Then that almost went really, really poorly, and she almost lost that. It's a horrifying moment. It really, really is. Uh, But basically, this is that killer's sick way of getting her to back off. And then, once another body drops, we find out that the killer is this Dempsey kid's dad, Brian Dempsey. Every single victim is a loved one of someone who completely screwed him over. Uh, The teenager was the kid of the man who fired him. Uh... The third body that dropped was the man who his ex-wife married. Everyone who was killed by this thing had a specific connection to someone who screwed this guy over. And he's like on this sick crusade to kill the loved ones of everyone who slighted him. Uh, And it's like this really darkly petty vendetta. And we identify this guy as like, okay, this is the killer, this is the guy. And then we eventually like end up having to go on this whole thing of like, how do we get this guy? 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 We get this amazing interrogation sequence where they pick up Luke. They find Luke, the kid. They sit him down And Charlie and Olivia are, like, waiting for the right moment where he is most susceptible to cracking and telling them what he wants to... Telling them what they want to know. And then Harris, like an asshole, is like, Hey, you you have to go in now. You have to go in now and get the information now. We're not going to wait now. By the way, Harris continuing to be very, 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 very obstructionist throughout basically this entire episode. Like, there's a lot of Harris just being a cartoonish dickbag. And just being the absolute worst. There's a lot of that in here. But we get this... Interrogation. Charlie and Olivia go in prematurely. They show Luke the pictures of, like, the friend and 
uh, the stepfather and all that saying, like, this guy, like, liquefied these people's brains. This horror show is all your dad. Tell us where he is. Tell us where he is. Tell us where he is. And Luke eventually does exactly what Olivia told Harris he was going to do if they go in too early. And demands a lawyer. So, they're not getting anything there. And Olivia's like, you know what? Release him. And they do the classic thing of they release him. And then he leads them directly back to his father. He goes back to his father immediately. And Olivia and Peter follow him back there. And they find him. And then there's this big final confrontation that I really, really love. Uh, Brian Dempsey has this great little swan song moment where he puts a gun to Olivia's head. And they're in this big standoff, and after he does his bad guy spiel, he points a gun at himself, points a gun at himself with the intent to kill himself. He looks at the program and lets it just run for a minute before pulling the trigger. Uh, So he basically just commits suicide right in front of Olivia, and that's like the big final confrontation. Like, he sees that he's kind of screwed, there's no way out of this, so he just ends his own life, and that's it. Uh, Luke tries to protect him, even going as far as to, like, have this big confrontation with Peter, and then he tries to get away after his dad kills himself, and Harris arrests him. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all well and good. The main story of this episode, I'm not gonna lie, is very simplistic. There's not a lot of depth to it. There's not a lot of complexity to it. But it's a really, really solid filler. And, of course, we get to see a lot more avenues for Harris to be an absolute dick. Uh, Broyles gets into this big confrontation with him saying, like, Hey, if you keep trying to just undermine our investigations and undermine Agent Dunham, I will come after you. And there is no amount of red tape that will save you. So it's more of Harris just being the worst. More of Harris just being the worst human being. Uh, but we also get this really amazing subplot where Peter gets a letter from the mother of the lab assistant who died in that fire that initially sent Walter to the mental institution. And he throws it away because he's like, no, I'm not going to uh, respond to this. I'm not going to deal with this. Basically, the woman wants to sit down with Walter. He wants to talk with Walter. Uh, she wants to talk with Walter. And Peter's like, no, that's not happening. Uh, he throws away this letter. Astrid notices it, takes it out of the trash, uh, reads it, reports it to Olivia. And actually, I'm getting ahead of the story in my explanation of it. We don't know it's actually this woman until they have a little confrontation in, like, the main entrance of the building, like, right in front of the Harvard building. And they have this face-to-face meet where Peter's like, no, 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 it's not happening. And Olivia and Peter kind of get into this whole debate of whether or not Walter can handle this. And Peter's like, no, 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 he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to. And Olivia's like, uh, no, he'll be able to handle it. You're underestimating him. And, I mean, this is unresolved 
This will provide some closure. And they get into these heated debates about it. Eventually, Peter caves, and it's like, okay, I'll bring her in, and I'll sit her down with Walter, and we'll see what happens. And the assumption for the entire episode is that she wants to confront Walter and blame Walter for everything that happened and just be really, really vicious to Walter. But no, that's not the case. That's not what ends up happening. Turns out this woman just wants to talk to Walter because Walter's the last person who saw her daughter alive and wanted to talk about her daughter with him. Uh, wanted to just get this, like, cathartic discussion of, like, what was she like? Uh, what was she like in her time with you? Like, she just wanted to remember her with the person who knew her at the very, very end. And it's this beautiful, beautiful moment where they meet and they, like, sort of have this discussion and sort of start going down memory lane and... It's it's an amazing, amazing thing. It really, really is. It's this beautiful, beautiful subplot uh, that I absolutely adore and is very, very well done. Uh, but yeah, solid episode all around. If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's simpler. It's just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll put up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 13. Talk to you then.